Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Android Central podcast. I hope you're all doing well. My name is Shruti Shaker. I'm a writer here at Android Central, and I'm so excited yet again to do another podcast again with a lot of topics. And this time, I, I feel like it's going to be a longer episode because we just have, oh, we have a lot to cover. But before I get started, let me introduce my lovely guest, Jerry Hilden Brand. Hello. Hi, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Uh, oh, no. <laughs> I mean, I'm here. That's right, about well, the best you're going to get. Sorry. <laughs> I hope I hope the conversation today will lighten up the mood and make you feel a little less meh. <laughs> uh, we've got uh, Nick Sutrick. Hi, Nick. I'm going to use your opening statement on my cards so that uh, everybody knows why my assignments are late. <laughs> 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 and I've got Michael Hicks. Hi, Michael. <laughs> How are you today? I'm doing good. Uh, so uh, let's get right into it because I feel like we just have, we have more than, normally we do five, four to five topics, but today we've got one, two, three, four, five, six topics to cover. So One too many. <laughs> one too many, but... <laughs> I mean, obviously, the first thing that we have to start talking about is uh, the Google Pixel Watch leak. Um, we were ver- very, very lucky to break that news uh, on Saturday. Uh, we, you know, a source came to us, uh, sent us these pictures. We wrote the article. And and now we have sort of a potential prototype of what the watch you know, looks like and it, it it really matches a lot of the renders, the rumored renders that we've seen, you know, that minimalist design. Um, it confirms one of the colors, the the specific watch that we're seeing in, in the images. It's black. Um, it, it looks I, I wrote an article recently. It looks very this is my favorite new word, bulbous. <laughs> very That's bulbous. a Pokemon, right? <laughs> That's Bulbasaur. <laughs> This looks very bulbous, so it's it's round. It has a round form. Um, it uses proprietary Google uh, jelly-like bands, uh, very similar to the Apple Watch ones. Uh, it has a, a, a small crown, uh, a silver. Uh, it seems to be one or two buttons. It's still very unclear to me, but I think it's two buttons. There's a microphone at the bottom. Uh, our leaker actually... Um, was able to turn the watch on and there's a Google logo. Uh, and then it also, so the crazy part about this entire story was that it was actually left at a restaurant, which we can talk about this in a second, whether that was intentional or not, but it was left at a restaurant. The leaker said that it was left for weeks and no one came to return it. And it was left in a box. We, uh, on our site, we blurred out the image of the box, but essentially the box says that this device has not been authorized as required with the rules of the Federal Communications Commission and Industry Canada, nor has it been tested for compliance with EU regulation. It also notes that this box uh, has, in, it says internal testing and development only, and that the marking markings and packagings are not final. Okay, I'm done talking. Tell me your thoughts and opinion on this potential prototype that we're seeing. I freaking love it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so happy to see. I mean, not only this thing's existence, because it's been rumored for 45,000 years, but the way it looks is just great. Like, I've, I, you know, I think round smartwatches have become an Android thing. I don't, I don't know why Apple hasn't come out with a round design as well, but whatever. They've embraced the square and... 
I think, you know, Android side smartwatches have embraced the circle. And, and this definitely goes like all into that whole circle mantra. And I don't know, I just I also like that it looks like a smartwatch, mm-hmm. which is kind of counter to what Samsung and some of these other companies have done, where they've tried to make it look as much like a traditional watch as possible, which I think some of them definitely pull that off. Usually Samsung's look a little more like a smartwatch trying to be a, you know, a normal watch. But this one's just like, nope, I'm a smartwatch. Here I am. <laughs> so I love it. It's interesting that you point that out because so I, I wrote a, a follow up article, which talks about two separate things. The first, how Google has stayed quiet on this Pixel Watch leak. Again, I will get to that in a second. But the second half of my article talks about the design and whether or not this can really throw a punch at the Samsungs and the Apple Watches that are out there. And there's this quote that I want to read, which I I really, really like. Um, it was from Jitesh Ubrani, who is uh, at IDC, International Data Center, uh, and basically does a lot of research in terms of all things smartwatches, phones, everything. He goes, in a world full of squares and squircles, <laughs> a round watch face like the Pixel Watch will certainly stand out. It also looks to set itself apart from the typical Wear OS watches from the likes of Samsung and Fossil, which often look like a smartwatch pretending to be a traditional watch, which I think really speaks to what you're saying, Nick, right? Yeah, pretty much. I mean, I don't know. It we haven't really seen it with the screen on because he didn't get a charger with the thing since it was left in a bar. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, the one picture that we have of the Google logo on it with, I'm sure, the half a percent battery it had left or whatever, you know, it, it looks nice. I don't know. I just I love the way it looks. Now, my my one thing that I will say that I don't like from what I'm seeing is that the crown is at 90 degrees on the right side, which when you're working out, that's not a great position because you constantly hit it with your wrist. <laughs> right. Yes, that's which, a good point. So, I, don't, I mean, I, I'm going to assume that this is going to be a fitness-focused watch because that's what all the successful ones have been. And if that's the case, then I'm telling you right now, it's going to drive me crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I want to get uh, some of your opinions on this aspect of how it was leaked unless you guys do either um Jerry or Michael do you have any thoughts on the design what are, do you do you, do you like it or not i can't say a lot about the pixel watch i had to discuss it in private with our editor in chief because i i just can't say a whole lot about it but nick what if that digital crown also worked if you turned it upside down in it you know, worked like an old phone that you could use in portrait in either direction. Yeah, I mean, if if you can easily flip it and just wear it on the inside, then, you know, that wouldn't cause an issue because, you know, that part of your arm doesn't bend. <laughs> so. And uh, I, I, I can also say if it was charged, it would look like, you know, it would show you the time. Oh, <laughs> that, that's sure. what you would see, <laughs> you know, uh, uh, and and. Dude, if you still got it and really, really want to, I can tell you how to charge it. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Well, then. Um, uh, As far as how it was discovered. Wait, we'll get to that. We'll get to that in a second. Oh, I thought you asked about that. All right. We'll we'll get to that in a second. Then I'm done. I just cannot say anymore. 
my my guess is it charges um on the back it looks like there's yeah. a series yeah. like a pretty large metal ring so i'm assuming it sits in some kind of dock and then that way no matter how you drop it in that dock it doesn't have a problem charging whereas with some other watches like i know with, with some of the older fossil watches you had issues with that some use like a little pogo pin on one side of the watch uh, I think the Zen Watch 3, God, I think that's what that thing was called, um, had that problem. I remember sticking it in the charger umpteen times, and I'd come back, and it's like, oh, it never charged. Great. <laughs> this looks this looks very similar to the Apple Watch chargers, um, where it, it, like, it, it, I guess, well, I have an Apple Watch, and so it's, like, magnetized. Like, it's like a, you just, like, drop it, and it sort of locks into this, like, magnet-style charger. Yeah, MagSafe. Like- Type of thing. Yeah, like a MagSafe type of thing. I feel like this almost looks similar to that. I mean, it's too hard to tell, but um the metal ring uh is probably for reading your skin for things like EKG. That too, yeah. Just saying. Yeah, that's possible, yeah. Uh Michael, you were gonna say something. Yeah, my my thoughts are just I mean, it looks I genuinely think it looks really nice. I did notice from a, sort of the the leakers follow up on Reddit that the, yeah, just the bezels look a bit thick. Like they're about as thick as I would see on a Garmin watch, which surprised me. I'm curious how that'll affect the experience. But yeah, in terms of the, the design itself, I, I guess, yeah, circles are the Android thing. I personally, like outside of the aesthetics, outside of Apple and Android and all of that, I think I preferred squares. I mean, I might... <laughs> in the minority on that but i think no just, I, I prefer the, there's so I much text too. that can get cut off on the top and bottom and you have to squeeze the text to sort of make it fit just in the center so i you know i i'm curious how the actual experience will be like we've only seen the design here we've like nick mentioned this has been i was amazed how long this has been rumored like i went back and saw a post from 2017 saying the pixel watch is coming soon and you know, apparently it's just been delayed so often because of whatever problems went into making it a really good watch. And I guess it's finally ready, but I'm I'm just, it would be awesome if we could find out what caused it to be delayed so many years and what has went right now and, and what how they've really, why do I think they pulled it off? And my other thought is just, if this is a fitness watch, like Nick mentioned, then is it going to require Fitbit Premium? Because then it's a ten dollar a month charge on top of a four hundred dollar watch, and none of you know neither Apple nor Samsung require that. You have Apple Fitness Plus, but that's not required. Like if you, you if you require Fitbit Premium to access the sensors that are in this watch, that would be a bummer. I think it's interesting that you say well, you know you ask the question why did it take so long and. <clears throat> I always have noticed how Apple always seems to be the one that waits before releasing something. It almost like they watch to see other other companies release products. Like, you know, we've seen a foldable from um, Samsung, from Microsoft, and, and yet we have not seen something from um, from Apple yet. You know, there's rumors that they're coming out with this with a foldable phone, and it's almost like Google is taking a page from Apple because it's seen so much success with the watch and not so much success with the Galaxy Watch 4. It's I, I, I wonder if that's what their tactic here is. They need 
to get this right. I feel like they really need to get this right because they, you know, as much as the Galaxy Watch 4 did see a number of successful sale rates um, and and people are enjoying that watch, I, I think it's not enough for, for it to penetrate the market as much as Apple has. And I don't know, maybe you guys can chime in here and tell me if, if I'm thinking this incorrectly. Like they need to get this right, essentially. Google is always... The only person that said it took longer than it should have are people like us. <laughs> Google never came out and said, we're going to have it in 2019 or 2020. Right. Or, you know, Google never even said they were going to make one. It's ready when they think it's ready. If if nothing, I would say this, this almost seems like lessons learned from the Nexus and or Pixel line where, you know, with those phones, Nexus obviously had a different idea behind it than the pixel line does but especially with the pixel line i almost feel like every year was a rush you know how many stories have i'm sure we've published and or you've read somewhere about how oh this year had to be you know it was like a halfway thing because this team messed up and this thing got messed up or whatever and like the pixel 6 was the first time it felt like they had pretty much all their ducks in a row and i think the pixel watch is kind of that way where Instead of releasing all these these products, you know, maybe original Pixel Watch that was leaked way back when, they finally did wait and go, hey, maybe we should just sit on this and kind of let the rest of the Wear OS market do its thing and see how it goes. And then maybe if we have to release this, we'll get there. Right. And that's kind of what it feels like to me is they let the Wear OS players do their thing. And they did okay. But, I mean, you look at the market share of everybody that's not Samsung or Apple, and it's pretty small. So I, I think at one point that the team probably said, okay, maybe we do need to actually make this a product instead of just a development device. No, I fully agree. Um, I don't. Let's, you don't. Why don't no, you agree? Google had no need or desire to release a fitness-focused wearable until they had a fitness-focused platform. They just bought one. Yeah, but they didn't have to release their own uh, their own watch. That's what that's the whole point. Like if they bought well, one, if they wanted to, if they you know had a, a an idea that they wanted to work more in the fitness tracking category, first they needed software. They can do it. Then they need hardware. They bought the software. Now they're making the hardware. Yeah, I guess. I mean, again, I I I would like to think that. Google just really needs to figure, like they're f- trying to figure this out. And um, I, I think they do want to be a, in the same competitive light as, you know, Apple, because Apple has seen so much success with their watch. But yeah, I mean, I guess, I guess more, we'll, we'll, we'll likely hear more about that at a later date. Yeah. So I, I, I want to talk about the nature of how this was left out. As I mentioned earlier, uh, it was left at a restaurant and, and, this is so reminiscent of uh, the Gizmodo report from 2010 about the iPhone 4 prototype that was left and found at a bar. Uh, and that that was camouflaged to look like an iPhone 3GS. And uh, I wrote an article today basically trying to speak to analysts and ask them, like, you know, was this a marketing ploy or was this like a legitimate, you know, they did this by accident. And it was funny because... Um, 
most of the analysts suggested that this was an accident. One of my analysts, and Michael, when he was editing my article, he was like, wow, I, I was not expecting this analyst to say this. But uh, Anshul Sag, a, um, he's a senior analyst at More Insights and Strategy. He, he actually came out and was like, he's leaning more towards that this leak was intentional, basically because it was left there for, for weeks and no one tried to come back for it. And he's like, that's fairly suspect when you think about it. Uh, but yeah, I, I guess I wanted to kind of ask what you guys think. Do you guys think this was intentional or not? And if it is or not, you know, what does this mean for Google? Like, is it a good thing? Is it a bad thing? My analysts suggest that whatever the case is, this is kind of a good thing because, I mean, everyone's talking about it. It's good publicity for Google. It, it's definitely good publicity. Go ahead, Jerry. It, it's an accident. That's the reason that Tile became a thing or find my phone people lose their shit uh it was not a big deal but i lost an unreleased device and had an idea of where i lost it couldn't find it somebody got it it was in the you know retail box and they had it and i didn't because i lost it people lose stuff yeah sure Th yeah. this is just some dude left it somewhere in either couldn't remember where he left it. It was maybe in his briefcase or a messenger bag with a bunch of other stuff and he left it behind. Or he lost it somewhere and his supervisor said, don't worry, we're not going to make a big deal. We're just going to remotely deactivate it and not talk about it. And let's just hope that that's the end of it. Either way is, uh, you know, that, that, that makes perfect sense. If Google wanted people to talk about it. They would just put a picture of it on Twitter like they did well, with a Pixel phone. Right. And more people and, would talk about it. And that's exactly what I was writing about because they did that with the Pixel 5a and they did it with yeah. the Pixel 6, right? They basically squashed rumors and they were like, you know what? We're just going to come out and say, yep. this is what it is. And they didn't do that. They said they, they stayed quiet. I, I was also like anticipating that they were going to email me and asked me to take the article down. <laughs> I nah, was, nah but, that's not their way. They Other companies would do that, but that's not how Google operates. No, and... They just pretend that they didn't read it. <laughs> yeah, essentially. And, you know, um, to, to your point, Jerry, like one of my other experts that I spoke to, Abby Greengart, he says... Uh, as hard as it as hard as it is to believe, Google is staffed by humans, and humans lose things all the time. There's yep. probably no point in trying to stuff this watch genie back in the bottle at this point. However, the goal of PR is to control the narrative and shape opinion about your product, and leaving stuff for bartenders and their friends to dissect undercuts that. Not to mention that it is a huge failure for competitive intelligence and IP security. So I guess... Before I ask my next question, what do you guys think, Nick and Michael? Do you guys think this was intentional or do you think, you know, how does it affect Google, good or bad? So initially, I did think this was intentional just because it was like, oh, yeah, they left it there for weeks, like not days, not hours. We're talking weeks and nobody found it. But then I read the report and saw that it was left in Chicago, which I don't think they're developing it in Chicago. They're probably developing it in Mountain View. <laughs> so somebody was probably on a business trip. Like Jerry said, they probably had it in their messenger bag, which maybe was unzipped. And 
out pops the box with the watch in it and nobody knew any better. So the, the person was probably like, I have no idea where it could possibly be. Do you know the first thing I thought of? It was in the box without the charger. That means the charger was in a motel room plugged into the wall. Probably. Or or, or stuffed in the bag because they yeah. hastily left the room or something like that, you know? So I just want to give a disclaimer to our audience. When we... We actually knew the location. We knew it was Chicago, but we intentionally did not write that because we just we did, we just wanted to protect All our right. source. So I just wanted I just want to put that as a disclaimer. And then I guess our source has been very uh, vocal about this situation. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and he has has indicated that it was Chicago. So I, I just want to make that clear to everyone. We we chose to not indicate the the location because we were really. Look, as as Jerry said, this very well could have been a mistake, and we just did not want to get anyone in trouble. We don't want to put anyone's job in jeopardy. Um, anyways, yeah, so so now you don't think it's a, a mistake, Nick. You think Correct. it's right. Yeah, I know I'm saying. I, I do think it was an accident. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Michael, do you have yeah. any, any thoughts on this? As fun as it would be to think that there was some big conspiracy theory and that Google was saying, why, has, why hasn't it been leaked yet? Oh man, I hope they leak it to the verge. Like, you know, <laughs> I, I think that it was just an accident. So yeah. I, I Hey, are you trying to say that we're not as good as the verge? <laughs> you know, I I'm <laughs> sorry, me. but Michael nailed it. If Google wanted to accidentally leak stuff like other companies that don't make smartphones anymore, sorry, Derek. <laughs> uh they would not leak it to us. They would yeah. accidentally leak it to Gizmodo or Engadget or a, a much better known name. Hey, Not necessarily least, better at what they do, but more well-known. At least now we're more known, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, uh, yeah. Uh, I, I mean, I guess at the end of the day, though, it's good for Google, right? Like, wouldn't you guys agree that this is like, whether it was an accident or, or not, there are more, I'm seeing that there are more people having a positive reaction to this watch as opposed to it being a negative one. And I think that that just benefits Google in every way. It does. I'm just surprised they haven't done the thing where they say, oh, well, cat's out of the bag and just show like a render of what people have already seen and say, keep an eye out of Google I.O. and get people right. right. They didn't, they didn't take that. control of the narrative. It's real weird. Well, what if that's a prototype and that's not how the watch really looks? It's possible. Seeing how the box says that. That's possible. Yes. Maybe that's why they haven't shown us anything or maybe they do have plans that now we're going to have to show it off at IO and they weren't planning on it. They were going to have a separate event for it. It's, it's hard to tell what they're going to do, but you know, is it a net positive for Google? Probably. I know a hundred percent sure is a net negative for Samsung. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess that's the other question, too. Like, you know, whenever this product does come out, will Google put some sort of pixely exclusive nature with this watch, considering that it has that partnership with Samsung for Wear OS 3, um, for 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 this watch to be a little bit more hyped up, would they choose to have like a pixely, extra pixely feature with this watch? Free free Fitbit Premium. Oh, that's smart. Uh, we have to remember there's a partnership between Google and Samsung with the manufacturer of 
the Galaxy Watch 4 and supposedly with this watch. But Google dictated what sensors are there and how they operate. And the only reason they did that is because they want it to work best with their own fitness platform. Samsung is really good at it. It was no problem making it work fine with Samsung Health. I think that's the name of it. Galaxy Health, Samsung Health, whatever. But Google needed to make sure it worked with their plans. So this is, I mean, in my eyes, this is just a conduit to Fitbit Premium. Give it to users free for a year, you know, two years, life of the watch, whatever. Get them hooked into it, and then you keep them there. Yeah, it makes sense to me, especially if they're going to charge 400 bucks for the thing. <laughs> right, and that was something well, that we learned I, recently. I heard differently. The potential of it being priced between 300 to 400 or something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, I guess time will tell that, like, you know, it's possible that, that Google announces this during Google I.O., which is in a week and a bit. Um, but don't be surprised if they don't. Yeah, exactly. There's a possibility that they won't. Uh, I mean, we don't know anything, right? It and, would be complete, you know, such a Google thing to just continue to ignore it. Very true. Very possible. You're right. I guess time will tell, though. Um, but I, I want to get to our next topic because uh, it's it's going to be a quick and short one. Just this morning, it's Thursday, April 28th, we learned of nothing, a little bit more of nothing. <laughs> uh, we learned about Carl Pay's nothing. Sorry, I was I was typing, <laughs> otherwise I would have added to that. So uh, my apologies. We were lear- Th- thanks, we, Derek. You messed it up. <laughs> we learned about nothing. We learned nothing today. <laughs> no. Uh nothing. Carl Pay's uh nothing launcher beta uh, is now out and live, giving you an early taste of nothing OS. Um, I'll be honest with you guys. I I did not have a chance to actually read this article because I was uh, busy doing other stuff. So I'm going to give you guys the lead on it and tell me, is nothing really something or is it nothing? <laughs> Hint. It's, uh, it's nothing to write home about. Oh. <laughs> uh, Okay, well, that's unfortunate. I, I, I mean, <laughs> God, Jerry. <laughs> I, I looked at the article. I didn't see it. I don't care about that. I don't want to install it. I don't give nothing about it. <laughs> it's, you know, I, I like simple. That tries to be simple while being complicated at the same time. That's stupid. Don't do it. Pick one. I I, I mean, it's it's fine. Like, I, I have it installed on my Pixel 6. It, it it's a launcher. I don't really know what to say about it. It's like, yeah, <laughs> it's basically, you know, your There's standard AOSP There's... launcher with its own. It's got three widgets. Um, you can resize like icons and folders, which is pretty cool. You know, then you can make the home screen look a little bit different. I don't know that there's any other launcher that lets you just resize stuff like that. You can resize widgets, obviously, but I don't I don't recall being able to resize folders before. I mean, other than that, I, again, it, it's a launcher. It's not super exciting. So and it's I, I thought it was funny the way Alex special. put it. He was like, you know, for a company that is trying to take the boring out of tech, this um, this doesn't really do it. So it's not not the best software debut we've ever seen. If if that's going to be your mantra, oof. Well, if Carl Pay is listening to this, that's 
But so, hey, uh, we we sorry, we Carl. Can't, gotta be honest. <laughs> we can't judge other people's tastes. I'm sure there's somebody out there that saw this and said, "Holy crap, that's the best thing ever, sweet baby Jesus!" I have to install it right now. This Good is true. You. This phone will be for you. Yeah, and and it's different. It's different than anything else we've seen before. I said it wants to be simple while being complicated. Uh, it's less complicated than like something from Samsung, more complicated than something from Google. And I imagine there's a market for people who want that. And maybe that market isn't being served right now. And this will be it. That's true. I mean, I guess the whole point of the presentation from what I remember is just him saying, we're going we're to make things simple and minimalist so that the performance will be faster. But without the actual nothing phone and whatever they'll theoretically do behind the scenes to give you that sort of performance boost or whatever is actually going to happen with this. It's just the minimalist nothing there without the actual boost or any of like the features that will come with the real thing. So, you know, it's as a sort of hype for the phone. Right. doesn't really do much. And <laughs> ah, I think this does a lot about hype for the phone. Hmm. And that's why it was done. It made us talk about nothing, the company again. It made us talk about the nothing one phone or whatever it will be called. And everybody is reading about nothing, the company and the phone they're going to bring and okay. how the software is going to be so different. I'm going to, I'm going to, I want to talk about this for a second because <clears throat> yeah, I get it. he's getting us to talk about nothing. But the problem here, Jerry, is that like, if he consistently brings out things that are so underwhelming, no one's going to get excited about this phone unless he releases a phone that is so overwhelmingly good that it blows our expectations out of the, out of the gate. So you just described one plus in their initial launch. Yeah. And, and, and I'm, like I said, maybe that, that is the case. But at the same time, you know, there is a chance that he is going to release something that isn't that great. And then it's like, it's like we're talking about this, but that doesn't necessarily mean that we're talking about it in a, and it's exciting and it's good and, and whatnot, you know, like it's, it's just something that we're talking about because it's in the tech space. Who cares? But how's that go? No publicity is bad publicity. Bad, bad publicity is good publicity or... Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. No, no I mean, well, remember, we talked about it last week. We're dealing with the master here. <laughs> he knows how he knows how oh. to get people on the hook and keep them on the hook. And that's that's what put Mr. Pay where he is now. And I will be the first one to say he's better at it than anybody I can recall. And I've been covering this nonsense for a long time. And you know what? I put my trust in him. I think this was a smart move. If for no other reason than he did it, and he is a smart man. Okay, fair Anyone enough. Find it funny that this launcher isn't available on OnePlus. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I just, I hope that was on purpose and like you know, big middle finger to them. It, but it does say support for OnePlus's devices will arrive soon. So I, I think okay, it was intentional. <laughs> 
It was a dig. It was a dig. You know, he. It, it's possible that he was trying to. Anyways, we don't know anything what's behind those doors. I mean, but. the fact that it's only Galaxy and Pixel phones, and then they say support for OnePlus devices will arrive soon, is just. It's a very intentionally small list. No, it is. So. It is. But if you also look at it. I mean, the Galaxy phones are the most popular Android devices. And then, of course, the Pixel phones, I would say, you know, are, are fairly popular the, the as well. They're most talked about with tech enthusiasts. Exactly. They're most talked about with tech enthusiasts. So I, I think that's a strategic move as opposed to a ha-ha, I don't, yeah, big probably. middle finger to you, OnePlus. <laughs> like, I have to right. make sure it works. <laughs> Exactly. those two phones first. Exactly. I'll tell you what, though. So th- this thing, uh, from what I recall, is supposed to be like a, a nice mid-ranger phone, right? Isn't that the that's what we know of the phone I think so, so far? Yeah. yeah, I think so. They're going to have a lot to out OnePlus OnePlus with the Nord N20. Oh, I, I just that's reviewed right. that thing. And that, like, okay, it's 282 bucks, and you would l- never know. I mean, everything about it is does not feel 282 bucks. It feels straight up like, you know, sort of the original one plus one launch where you're just like, how how is this phone so cheap? What what did they do to make this better and cheaper than everyone else? I think I have um, really been uh, having this issue where. I've subscribed for things just to try something out, and I completely forget that I signed up for something. And then sometimes I see I get charged, and it freaks me out. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I have to contact their customer service and try to get a cancellation. And most of the time, they do cancel it, but there are so many times where I've lost money because I just didn't cancel my subscription fast enough. But I think that's where Truebill will come in. On average, people save up to $720 a year with Truebill. It's a new app that helps you identify and stop paying for subscriptions you don't need, want, or simply forget about. Don't fall for subscription scams. Start canceling today at Truebill.com slash ACP. Go right now, Truebill.com slash ACP. It could save you thousands a year. I'm about to go do it. I would recommend you do truebill.com slash ACP. Okay, so we are back. Uh, We're going to continue on with our very uh, enthralling discussions that we've had so far. (laughs) Uh, I want to talk about what's been happening with Netflix. So if if some of y'all don't know, uh, last week, a week and a half ago, Netflix announced its earnings for Q1, and it was one of the the worst earnings it it, it had. And for the first time, it actually lost, um, it, it lost uh, uh, subscribers, um, which is uh, you know, not not super surprising. I think uh, I think it was uh going to happen. Uh, Netflix blamed it on Russia and the and the war that's taking place. And a lot of its subscribers were pulled out of there. Uh, but, but in reality, some of the reasons for at least why I think that Netflix's subscribers are, are leaving the platform and also the, so I wouldn't say the demise, but the, the downfall of the company is one, the, the price hikes of the package deals in North America. I mean, those prices just keep going up and up. And then let's face it, there's just way better competition out there, Disney Plus, Hulu, um, 
HBO Max, Discovery, like uh, in Canada, Crave, Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus. Like there's just so many other options out there. And Michael wrote a great editor's desk, sort of doing a deep dive into, well, you know, what is Netflix doing right or wrong? And have they missed the boat? Uh, Michael, why don't, why don't you tell me a little bit or tell us a little bit about your, your thoughts and your process in writing this article and, and, and what you felt when you were writing it? Sure. So when it comes to Netflix, I think everyone has strong opinions on what it's doing right or wrong. But really, just when I was writing this out, it's just all of this stuff just felt very familiar to me. I mentioned this in the article, but so before I went into tech journalism, I I freelanced as a journalist while I was working in book publishing because I wanted to become a book editor. Didn't work out, didn't end up being for me. But while I was there, I saw sort of publishing is in a a crisis. And I won't get into that because that's not why you're here to listen. But (laughs) their thing right now... I would like to hear it. Go ahead. Okay, well, the, the gist is that Books, most books don't make that much money, not enough for publishers to be happy about it. And the reason that publishers stay afloat is because they have their classics. They have their Lord of the Rings and Harry Potters and things like that that bring in consistent income. And so when they are coming out with new books, they can try to do the ones that are like award bait. But for the most part, what they are doing is they are trying to find the next Harry Potter, the one that'll make money for years and years and years. And so they will give out these huge advances to young authors that they think can be the next big thing. And then when those books sell, you know, hundreds of thousands of copies, whatever it is, that's not enough. It doesn't actually earn back the advance because they spent so much on it. And when it doesn't hit their lofty expectations, they move on to something else. They're looking for the next big thing. They can't stop. They got to keep going. Okay. And <laughs> that's literally what Netflix is doing. Because 100%. the problem with Netflix is that they, unlike all the other streaming services that are built off of broadcast networks that have been around for decades, they got strong on the backs of other companies. They got strong by letting you by paying for the office, getting it for cheap, and having it for years where you could stream that and letting people binge that. When those other companies started taking that back they needed to start making more of their own Stranger Things successes because they didn't have a backlog to rely on that they could use for free all the time. And so now they are throwing so much money at the wall trying to to achieve success, to achieve viral status with every show that they do. And when they don't immediately get views, you'll see like a show that they spent tons of money on get get canceled after a week. Yeah. So and, w- what you're saying is that uh, don't look up. It was a great Netflix produced movie that everybody loved. That still didn't make them enough money to keep other stuff afloat. Probably not. No, I mean, but because I, I everything is for them is about keeping subscribers. Right. And movies in particular, they can get them acclaim and get some interest during the Oscars, but movies are not what keep people subscribing to things. They could got it. TV shows. And yeah, you know, and the thing too, that I noticed was like Netflix saw, like they sort of took advantage of the pandemic because 
they saw so many, well, obviously everyone was staying in and they were, you know, subscribing to these services because they had nothing else to do. And Netflix, you know, really capitalized on that moment and came out with a bunch of really crappy TV shows, like reality TV shows, which appealed to several people. And I think they were able to sustain, like they were able, they grew in terms of their subscribers. Um, you're talking but, you know, about that tiger thing. Aren't yeah, you? yeah, yeah. There was a, there was a there yeah, was that show. So. <laughs> there was also like you know, um, too hot to handle the circle, like all these like reality, like trashy, like selling sunset. All these trashy reality shows were popping up like nobody's business. There was nothing of real substantive quality in the content. And that was to entertain people. And then they didn't realize that there were other platforms, Disney Plus, Apple TV Plus, dude, Severance is like such a freaking amazing show. Like there are other platforms that are, as Michael put it, you know, investing time and effort and getting the right characters and the right scripts to publish things that are worthy and value for a subscriber and so people are like, screw Netflix. Like, I'm only getting trashy TV and they keep cutting good shows. Like, why should I stick around? It just yeah. doesn't make sense. Yeah, exactly. And honestly, for me, I think the problem in the end, the reason that they need to keep pushing the envelope and release so many shows all the time that end up getting dropped and taking all these risks is because they are the biggest service and they have stockholders who shareholders what shareholders whatever shareholders who (laughs) who are expecting a return on their investment and who need them to keep growing and that is kind of the problem with streaming in general the problem with it because why so many other streaming services have started to dip along with netflix now in stocks is because they they have continued to add more and more channels and we we're reaching the level where there there are too many things to watch and if you tried if you paid for every single streaming service by yourself you would be paying as much as a cable package yeah that's true which is why people do password sharing but then that loses out on money and companies that are trying to increase the bottom line or else they'll be kicked out by their boards or whatever are saying okay we're going to cut down on password sharing but that just means people will stop subscribing to them because they can't afford to pay for all these things for themselves and so it that there could, if people keep pushing on password sharing, there could be a collapse of streaming where all of these companies that thought this was a big old windfall are going to realize no one's actually going to pay for them by themselves. I, I have a question about the password sharing thing, actually, because from my understanding, I thought most of these, and Netflix included, um, have like a certain number of users that can be on the platform, right? Like I think on... Mm-hmm. But it, now they're going to make it like geo-locked, basically, where if you, you have to be in a specific place, oh, that way oh, I oh, can't okay. share with my sister who lives across the country. My kids are smart enough to know how to use a VPN. You ne- or screw you, Netflix. <laughs> I did it again. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, but it did, what, didn't Netflix come out and say like they, they're able to bypass the VPNs or something like that? They said that. <laughs> so, so here's here's something that i'll interject there um because there's no net neutrality i don't think they can bypass vpns 
Unless they really money hat ISPs, right? Hmm, that's true. I mean, there's probably a way, but there's no easy way without them having, yeah, somebody on the inside that can actually I mean, watch the they, way the traffic is They have enough routed. money to where they could money hat somebody. But they're not gonna. <laughs> they're they're screaming about money woes right now, which, yeah, which I find, <laughs> yeah, I find absolutely fascinating. I mean, the only thing I care about you know, the Reed Hastings of this world is I wish they would lose all their money and have to worry about, you know, do I pay the electric or the rent this month? At least for a month. That that's that's what I think of all these billionaires out there. So I can't, I can't I wait. I can't wait until we talk about our last topic. Yeah. By the way. <laughs> yeah. So I, I mean the money, I, I don't even think about it. I I like Netflix because the app works good on my television. Uh, and my wife and I watch a movie before bed every night. I don't watch TV shows. I don't, to me, you know, yeah, sure. They, it's going to cost me three more bucks this year, five more bucks or whatever. I don't care. It's worth it to me. That's as far as what I care about Netflix. So hearing all these other reasons and their excuses and what other people think, that's just really fascinating to me because I'm just not part of that at all. And you know what? There's probably a lot of other people who are not part of that conversation and are comfortable with just keeping it as is. And I think, you know what, that's fine. But I I think at the end of the day, Netflix really needs to figure itself out because all of these other platforms have, you know, for example, HBO has what they have ad supported, like a tier for ad supported uh, viewing and then a tier for oh, no ads like, that, Netflix, you know, yeah. That'll all change if I see an ad on Netflix. I pay you every month. You show me an ad, you're gone. I'm done. <laughs> all right. Well, on that note, I want to get to our next topic, uh, which I decided to change up last minute because I'm a, a terrible producer. Actually, I, I think I'm a good producer. <laughs> uh, but I want to talk about Nick's uh, ever wonderful uh, Nord N20 review, OnePlus Nord N20 review. I, I remember he was talking to me about it when he was writing this and he was just so fascinated about the price point compared to the, the actual device. So Nick, I'm going to, I'm going to take it to you. Tell us about the phone and, and your thoughts on it. Okay. So I think two, three weeks ago, um, when they first announced this, I wrote an editorial basically saying this seems like it's the one plus X all over again. And that's, I mean, it's almost what I said in the, in the review too. It's like, yeah, that's, that's definitely the case. If, if anybody remembers that phone, I think it was 250 bucks when it came out, it had the same flagship processor as the one plus one from the year previous, which means, you know, last year's flagship processor and an OLED display and a glass and metal build. And like the thing was amazing, except for the camera, the camera sucked. It was terrible camera. Um, and this one it seems like they figured out, okay, we're going to try to recreate this again, but we needed it to be a little bit more balanced. So it's, it's 282 bucks. So, you know, what we're talking a couple of years later, it's only $32 more. It's still got an AMOLED display. It's got a surprisingly good 64 megapixel camera. It's got a Snapdragon 695, which, you know, isn't the fastest processor on the block, but you could still play like Minecraft and Fortnite and whatever else. It works fine. Um, you got to play some things at low detail, but whoop-de-doo. It only records 1080p video, but I mean, 
even the S22 Ultra is 1080p out of the box unless you change it to 4K. So, look, <laughs> I do wonder sometimes how many people switch those things or if, if it's like when HDTVs first came out and they're still using their composite cables going, oh, this picture's so good and it's still <laughs> crappy interlaced video. <laughs> or, or they're taking the 1080p video on that phone and then watching it on that phone and it looks great. So they right. don't even know. Yeah, I mean, that, that's been the argument for like portrait video and all that stuff for a long time too. Right. If we're using our phones to consume this stuff most of the time. Who really cares? Um, and I, you know, I think they made a bunch of other smart decisions too at this. Like it's only a 60 hertz refresh rate, which I think nowadays most of us look at it and go, Ugh, 60 hertz, yuck, I don't want that. But on a Snapdragon 695, 60 hertz is great. Because if you're trying to do 90 or 120 hertz on that thing, it's going to choke. It, like, how many of these budget phones have we seen that try to do that? And the experience is horrible because you can and see it lagging. The price goes up 100 bucks because you either need to change the display or double the, ba the battery size. Right. Yeah. And like this thing has a 4000 milliamp hour battery. Like it, it's a huge battery. It lasts well over a day. It's surprisingly thin. Like I took it out of the box and, and kind of forgot how thin phones could be after using a Fold 3 for months. And also <laughs> it's very beautiful. Like, I mean, it's it's just so, so nice. Yeah. And I, I said that when I first pulled it out of the box, I was like, dang, this phone looks good. It kind of looks like a like almost like a fancy credit card or something. <laughs> like, yeah, it's cool looking. And, and it's it's a plastic phone. But I mean, you really wouldn't notice it's plastic. The only time I noticed it was plastic was when I was peeling the sticker off the back when I first got oh, it. Oh, yeah. And like the plastic back is like, you know. The uh, Galaxy S21 was a plastic phone. Right. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, and that's a $700, $800 phone. So, right. That, you know, does, that's I, beyond me, though. Like, that you could flee someone for that much amount of money and say, oh, you're just getting a plastic phone. <laughs> Here you go. <laughs> it depends on the plastic. Fair, fair. It, it definitely does depend on the plastic because, and, and I think in a way, plastic gets a bad rap because we had so well, many kills, phones that... It kills turtles, first of all, well, Nick. Okay. My Corvette was plastic. <laughs> okay, so. but you know what, guys? <laughs> the turtles need saving. <laughs> I'm I'm okay with saving turtles. That's fine. Good. <laughs> I'm I'm all for it. In fact, um, yeah. <laughs> oh, we do at, well. At the very least, the plastic keeps the cost down. The phone still looks nice and feels nice because it's not that you know yucky shiny plastic from the Galaxy S3 days. It, hmm. it doesn't attract like finger oils and all that stuff. They did a really good job with the finish on it. They have like a nice metal ring. I don't even know if it's metal, but it looks metal around the, the camera lenses. Very beautiful, honestly. It yeah, really, like really is just, so nice. They did a bang-up job with this phone, and I, I really couldn't believe how friggin' good it was. The, the, the two, I think, negative points that are worth mentioning, number one, it ships with Android 11. I have no idea why they did that, because they're only offering one update, which means this thing gets Android 12 at some point. Peace out. You're going to get three years of security updates at least, which that's really what matters. And I, you know, again, I guess if you're spending less than 300 bucks on the phone, OS updates are not a given. And then I had some really weird issues with the USB port. So like the USB port works fine when you're charging. I tried a whole bunch of different chargers. Every one of them charges the phone. It comes with a 33 watt charging brick, which is great. I like that. That's that's a nice thing to see when they're using 
something more than just 15 watt charging or whatever, but no accessories at all worked with the phone. I tried a bunch of different game controllers. So I tried headphones, all kinds of stuff. Who, who would this phone be catered to? Like I envision like a teenager or something. <laughs> There's literally no access. Yeah, I mean, and, and I, I would imagine somebody who's spending less than 300 bucks on a phone like this is probably just using it for a phone that runs apps they're probably not going to be playing Minecraft on it 24-7 using a controller. And even like if they Nick. wanted to, I have a Bluetooth controller that I use that works fine with it. So, I don't know. Like, <laughs> Unfortunately, as good as this thing looks and it sounds, it's dead. They'll lose money on it. T-Mobile is, is the customers that this is marketed for. T-Mobile is going to push them into something from Samsung. Or if they can convince the buyer an Apple, you know, iPhone SE because T-Mobile makes more money on those phones. Uh, and it's saddled with the Nord name and the first Nord was absolute crap. So people that are slightly tech savvy are going to see Nord and just keep on scrolling. Yeah, and there's there's also the likelihood that people who bought the Nord N200 will see that and you know, have a dyslexic moment or something and see yeah. N20 and go, oh, I don't want that phone. Yeah, that's, that's too old. That, that N200 was trash. It's old. Right. And it was. So <laughs> it's I, I, it's great that OnePlus finally got carrier partnerships. But if they want to make money on budget phones, there's that Samsung elephant in the room. And the fact that T-Mobile reps are told to push samsung and apple not one plus that's uh <clears throat> that's rather unfortunate because this phone really like i agree it looks like i would prefer it over something from samsung or it's of really course nice. over the the iphone se i'd buy it over a motorola phone and that's it, honestly at this price i feel like you don't really have many options you get a crappy motorola phone that's underpowered pretty much guaranteed you know, or, you know, I get like, like I said before, you can pick the N200, which don't, I suppose don't. is fine for under 200 bucks. But no, really, don't. I just it's not fine. Don't. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I, I just I don't recommend buying a phone for under 200 bucks there. That's like if you're in an emergency and you got nothing else and you really can't afford more, I suppose get it. But get that all everything in your power phone. to not spend that little on a phone. You will regret it every single time. You yeah, do. fair enough. Yeah, quick, really quick. I just wanted to say, <laughs> last month I I reviewed the Nokia X100, which is another T-Mobile exclusive phone that's thirty bucks cheaper than this. And I thought this is pretty good for a budget phone. I wish I could go back in time and tell myself, don't get too excited about this because the Nord <laughs> N20 is going to yeah. be so much better so, <laughs> for oh, thirty man. bucks. Oh man, oh man. It, but it, it's it's a shame that the you know the average phone buyer in North America doesn't go on. Amazon or eBay or wherever and buy products outright and take their time and research the products they buy because this would be a phone that you could recommend to those people. Instead, they're going to get Samsung A, whatever number Samsung calls it, enter it here. It's true. Right. Yeah. Uh, okay, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back, guys. April showers bring May flowers, and what better time to start your own spring cleaning than when Manscaped? 
it's time to clear out that winter bush and join the other 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped. And you can save 20% and get free shipping by going to manscaped.com and use the code ACP. If you're wondering where to start, Manscaped has you covered with the Performance Package 4.0 that can help you get rid of that lingering brush on the lawn. The Manscaped Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is waterproof and even supports an LED light so you can see the forest from the trees and ensure that you guide it out of the shower smelling like a freshly planted garden. The Weed Whacker comes in with its proprietary skin-safe technology to help avoid any potential nicks or tugs while you're pruning the yard. Once the weeds have been whacked and the yard has been trimmed, it's time to get rid of any of reminders of winter's past with the Crop Preserver and Crop Reviver. The preserver helps to prevent any potential chafing to your sensitive areas, while also moisturizing to keep things nice and soft. Dealing the final blow to the winter blues, the Crop Reviver helps reduce the risk of potential ingrown hairs, along with providing the fresh spring scent that you've been waiting all winter for. If you have a beard, you already know what I'm going to be talking about. Warmer weather is great for everything except for your face. Having a big, bushy, and untamed beard is not only unsightly, but it can also get really uncomfortable really quickly. Thanks to the Plow 2.0 from Manscaped, you'll be able to get things nice and trimmed, ensuring that the bushes don't look out of whack while the garden looks nice and pristine. The start of spring also marks the start of Testicular Cancer Awareness Month in April. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to bring awareness to testicular cancer, men's health, and early cancer detection. Manscaped is committed to raising awareness for the most common form of cancer in men aged 15 to 35 and giving support for fighters, survivors, and families impacted by testicular cancer as part of their We Save Balls initiative. So when you're ready to start your spring cleaning with the Lawnmower 4.0, Weed Whacker, and the Plow 2.0, head over to manscaped.com. And don't forget to use the code ACP to take 20% off of your order and get free shipping. Just enter code ACP like Android Central Podcast during the checkout at manscaped.com. Okay, I want to talk about our last topic. Bye. (laughs) No, you're not going anywhere, Jerry. Um, <clears throat> well, I mean, our, our, in our last podcast, we, we talked about the, the eventuality or potential, potentialness, potentiality, poten- I can't speak, obviously, but the potential of whether or not Elon Musk would purchase Twitter and if that deal actually follows through. And we now know that uh, Elon Musk and Twitter have come to an agreement. Uh, he will buy Twitter for $44 billion uh, or about $44 billion uh, will be paying the shareholders 54.20 cents. Uh, Upon completion of the deal, it will go private. Um, This is super interesting because, you know, obviously there's this whole conversation around what Twitter will look like once it goes private. Uh, There have been conversations around how Elon Musk wants to make Twitter's open source code available for everyone. And, uh, you know, for better moderation to, to see where tweets are originating from. Uh, he says that he wants free speech to be available, and that means that uh, if if there's someone who is, you know, a, a problematic, their comments should stay on the platform. Um, and and you know, by going private, he has this possibility of even turning Twitter into a subscription based model. So essentially, uh, people who really want to use the platform for whatever it it they get out of it, they could stay on the platform. And uh, that way, Twitter can make money off of it. Because for the past several quarters, Twitter has not necessarily been doing well. But I what I really wanted to talk about is not 
the purchase of Twitter, but rather all of the things that he could have bought for $44 billion instead of Twitter and have a little bit more of a serious, con- well, it could be fun, but a serious conversation about that. Uh, our writer uh, and uh, I guess his senior video producer as well, uh, Alex Doby, wrote a fantastic article called Here's what Elon Musk could have bought for $44 billion instead of Twitter. Go read it. There's just so many really great points there. But the ones that really stuck out to me were the ones that, you know, all the humanitarian things that could have been done, like a Chromebook for every university student on Earth. That is insane to me. Um, Jerry, you even pointed out in our notes that... um, Joe Biden, the the president of the U.S., Joe Biden's um, proposed budget for his climate policy is worth $44 billion. Like, there's just so many other things that you could do with $44 billion than buying a bird app. And I I guess I wanted to have a conversation about that with you guys. What are your thoughts? Well, I'm glad Alex wrote that article because nobody would have liked it had I written it. (laughs) Uh, This man promised to end world hunger. I, you know... $44 $44 billion, it costs less than a dollar a day to feed a child in Africa. That's 44 billion days worth of feeding children. Uh, the the climate thing really stuck in my craw because he also, you know, wants to help bring the U.S. forward in manufacturing and sustainable energy. The $44 billion out of the president's proposed budget is to address climate change and provide uh, the manufacturing sector so we don't depend on foreign countries for the parts and components to build sustainable energy products. Uh, These are two things that Mr. Musk has both said that he really, really, really wants to fix. And instead he bought Twitter so he can make lame jokes and post, you know, dog memes. Someone, um, was talking to me about this and there was this weird, I think it was Michael, maybe it was you. I actually, I don't remember who it was, but someone posted this crazy conspiracy theory of how one of the reasons why Elon Musk bought Twitter was because that way he does, he can get out of all of those issues he's having with the SEC and the tweets that he puts out and all of that stuff. Anyways, that's just a side thought that I thought was crazy. But yeah, no, you know, honestly, this whole hunger thing and the climate change, it just goes to show that there's just so much more you could do with $44 billion. It shows that you can't trust everything he says. That's what it shows me. And you should never trust everything anyone says. And of course, he's a businessman and this investment will make him money. He has already figured out a plan how it's going to make money. He he likes to be a clown, but he's not going to spend $44 billion so he can, you know, post Bitcoin memes. I, I said that, but that was tongue in cheek. He, he knows if he invests $44 billion in this, he is going to be able to make money. And Twitter could make a lot of money if they changed what they do with the terabytes and terabytes and terabytes of all of our user data they've been collecting since 2007. And now uh, Elon Musk will have control of that user data. And while most of it's harmless, 
it's still valuable. And I'm sure that's what he sees. Totally. Nick, uh, Michael, do you guys have any thoughts on the things that you could buy with $44 billion? I, I mean, a direct answer to the question would be I would buy Meta's VR division and give the <laughs> Oculus name back and take off okay. the Facebook login. <laughs> Elon Jr. over here. I think someone... Hey, listen. Someone, if I got it, I'm going to do what I want with it. All right, pal? <laughs> someone uh, in our chat, I can't remember who was like, put put that into Pixel Pixel Watch development. Like, <laughs> put the money into developing the Pixel Watch or something. And, in all seriousness, though, I feel like this is a good move for Twitter because I feel like these social media companies being publicly traded companies is the worst thing that's happened for social media, because I think it it puts the onus on the people running it to constantly, you know, add users, do this, you know, siphon this data off. It, there, there are too many bad things that happen because their only goal in life is making money. Okay, Whereas if I'm, they are a private company. Sword, I'm go- yeah. And I'm going to, I'm going to counter that for just one very sure, quick second. Um, one of the reasons why Huawei isn't as successful as it can be, apart from the fact that it is a China owned company and it has severe issues with the U S is that the company is a privately owned company. The fact that it is a private company makes it seem a lot less transparent and a lot of wrongdoings can take place a lot more when a company is private versus if it is public. So the worry now is will, I'm not saying will Twitter become the next Huawei, but there's going to be a lot more scrutiny on the company because it is a privately held company. That's fair. I mean, if we're going to use Huawei as an example, though, if the politics aspect of it didn't happen. I think Huawei would be the number one phone manufacturer in the world sure, right now. Sure, that's a, that's and a whole other... And they would have seen an entrance into the U.S. so much earlier because their products were good. Sure, and that that's a whole other conversation to be had. But right. um, I think that's the problem where private versus public comes into place. It, especially if one hand says, I'm going to open source this for transparency. And the other hand says, I'm going to take the company closed so we're not as transparent to regulatory bodies and shareholders and users who don't mix very well. Exactly. That is that is a very questionable thing to do, taking the company public and then claiming that you want to be uh, transparent in the algorithm. So, yeah, I mean, that's interesting. Michael, any thoughts? Since Jerry the other day, I, I shaved my head recently and Jerry called me Jeff Bezos. I mean, <laughs> I, I could just follow the Bezos route and use that money to buy Amazon or something. But <laughs> in actuality, I, I'm actually going to mention Mackenzie Scott, his ex-wife, <laughs> who, from what I read, I'm not totally sure on this, but I think she's donated she something has. like yes. $10 billion since they got divorced. And she said something like, she's making so much money on interest from those billions that she can't donate the money fast enough to actually make yep. a dent in it. Yeah. And so what... if I had $44 billion, <laughs> I could do whatever I wanted and still donate billions to end world hunger and things like that because I'd have that money. The, the, the fallacy of, you know, Musk and any billionaire really is so often they'll say, well, they're, they're rich because they have that money in, in shares and that's the reason they can't use it. 
And then, you know, when he wants something like Twitter, he can buy it. He can get the money. So, like, you know, he if you have this amount of money, it's because you have been hoarding it for years <laughs> to get that more and more of that money. So if you're a billionaire, you're not the kind of person who is going to really donate that in most cases. I would like to think that if I were in that position, I would be a person who would but no, use that money no, for good but, and, and not be corrupted and become Jeff Bezos. Hang on just one second, though. I just there are some billionaires who are, for lack of better words, I don't want to call humanitarian, but let's take Bill Gates, for example. I'm sure he has a corrupt bone in his body, for sure. I think all billionaires do. But he has done a lot for humanity and he's donated a lot of his money. I think I read somewhere about how he won't even give his own children his own money because he wants them to learn how to earn money and understand the value of money. I I don't know how true that is, but I I mean, I think, I think Jeff Bezos is a, is a, an anomaly to be very honest. And and we can very well see that from the way his ex-wife behaves because she donates herself. But yeah, I mean, I think it's possible to be a billionaire and donate <laughs> a lot of money. I, I, you know, we, we're going around the table. In all seriousness, if I had $44 billion, I would keep a billion dollars from myself, my family, my friends, loved ones, those in need. And the rest, I'd just give it to the ACLU. Fair. Somebody. Red Cross. Someone just here. You. You do better than... These rich millionaires who want to build rocket ships, you do more good. Here, go do good with it. I also heard that, like, if a, a commoner received that amount of money, they just—it's almost like it's cursed. Did you ever? Did you guys ever watch Lost? And how that one guy who was the lottery winner, yeah. everything <laughs> yes. went bad for him because he won the money, and he's like, he's just, yeah. I don't know. It almost seems like tainted. I don't want that much money. That's just. I, I mean, oh, you don't need that much money. No, you don't. Bill Gates was your example. He has spent literally billions of dollars in Africa for nothing else, helping them have drinking, you know, potable water and water treatment. And he still gains billions every year in oh, his own God. name. So messed up. Anyway. So, Nobody needs that amount of money for any any reason at all. That's, you know, there there are third world countries on this planet that don't have that much money. It's true. Well, on that note. And I, I bet I... rich people taste like veal. <laughs> <laughs> on that note. We here at Android Central do not endorse cannibalism. <laughs> please, please, please. <laughs> on that note, I want to end today's episode. Um and I want to ask you guys my favorite question. What made you happy this week that is not work-related? So I'm going to start with... Uh, I'm going to start with Michael, because I feel like I know what his is going to be. Uh, yeah, I ran a, a marathon last weekend, the Big Sur Marathon. It's the most beautiful race ever. If you can't run a marathon, there are shorter distances. You should try to the lot do the lottery and get in, because it's just amazing. You're running by the ocean running up through foggy cliffs and down valleys across bridges. It's beautiful. So that was really cool. (laughs) And we're so proud that you completed that. So congratulations. Thanks. Uh, Jerry, what made you happy this week? You know, nothing made me happy. And that's a good thing. Nothing, nothing in my life had a serious impact. I had 
a completely uneventful week where I was just a husband and a father and, and work and everything just flowed smoothly with no issues, no problems, no highs, no lows. And I've needed that in my life for a while. So I was glad to have it. I like that. Sometimes you just need a, a very normal week. Nice way to reflect. I like that. That is Uh, uh, other than I need to stop listening to some people that work here for medical (laughs) advice. But that was a very short-lived issue, and it it solved itself. We're very sorry about that. I'm glad you're able to laugh about it now, though. Yeah, yeah. I couldn't laugh then, but I can laugh now. Uh, And Nick, what made you happy this week? Uh, Well, I guess it's more like what's going to make me happy because tomorrow we're going to a plant cell where we're going to get all of our veggies and anything else we don't have seeds for and then take it right back home and stick it in the earth. Oh, I love that. This is gardening time. What I can are you, you some seeds. What are you? Oh, God, Jerry. <laughs> Mute Jerry. <laughs> what are you planting, Nick? Um, I, I'm not sure what we're going to find. We haven't been to this particular plant sale. So I, I usually like to go there first and see what they have. And then after that, we, you know, take it back and kind of do a seed inventory and figure out what else needs to, you know, fill in the empty spaces. But we also have an extra garden this year. I built another one in the front over the winter. Um, We stuck a nice Japanese maple in the middle. So I'm going to plant stuff all around it. So I'm 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 super excited about uh, this year's prospects. I'm excited for you. You know what I would plant around your Japanese maple? Tulips. They're not vegetables, but put some tulips in the ground around it. Yeah. It, so it's a dwarf. It's it's going to be like five foot. Oh, even uh, better. Radius. That's so cute. yeah, we were planning on doing stuff like that around the base for the first few years because it'll probably take a little while to, to yeah. get to that point, um, and then kind of see where it goes. We also thought about putting juniper underneath it because that that usually looks really nice. Love that. That time of the year, the springtime when you feel like you have COVID, but really it's allergies. So, (laughs) Anyways, uh, what makes me happy this week is actually today. um, uh, Well, I had to step out this morning because uh, my friend of 24 years was visiting Toronto. So she's a, a flight attendant. She just quit because she wants to spend more time with her family. But for a very long time was a flight attendant for British Airways. She's based in the UK. I met I went to grade school with her, like grade three to or grade four to six. Um and I got to see her today. And it was just it's just so nice to spend time with someone that you've known for so long. And we don't talk every single day, but uh, you know, when you do see each other, it's almost like nothing has ever changed. And it feels like you're back being eight years old playing video games and watching Disney shows and stuff. And yeah, it was just really nice to catch up with her. And I I really enjoyed myself. That's awesome. Yeah. And the weather's starting to get a bit nice too. So that makes me happy. (laughs) Y'all ought to go to Murder Island. I should. I should do that. Okay. I'll think about that. Yeah. Take some pictures because that place just fascinates me. (laughs) I will do so for you, Jerry. Uh, But on that note, Uh, Thank you so much to our listeners. Every week you spend an hour and a bit with us and we're so grateful for that. So thank you so much. Have a wonderful spring. Take care and thank you so much for listening to us. Bye. See ya. Bye. Adios.